0: Cinderboys boys to cinema episode 41 41 41 hope you're well wherever you are whatever you're doing me too uh short hiatus.
1: yes already yeah sorry <laughs> sorry everyone for the uh sort of extended break what happened was we uh, we accidentally well we didn't accidentally we, we joined a rugby uh, rugby team in from Uruguay <laughs> And then, um, unfortunately, on the way to Chile, in 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 a small biplane, uh, it crashed in the Andes. So um, we've had to sort of reconcile a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. To take stock. um, Yeah, yeah. Resort to cannibalism. Yeah. uh, Which actually wasn't really a problem for me because I was eating raw human flesh in the fuselage before it crashed. Yeah, yeah. It It didn't matter. Nibbling tenderly on my inner thigh. Yeah, yeah. So that that was fine. Um, but that, yeah, that's just a kind of quick explanation as yeah, to yeah. Why, why we haven't been been around in your ears.
0: <laughs> now we're back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're all, yeah. We're all right. We're all right. Good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, this week, Society in the Snow. Yes. Uh, a nice little uh, survival film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first one we've covered, I think. It is, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that obviously lends itself to a broader discussion on the survival film genre as a whole. Got mm-hmm. A couple of films we've probably... Natter about, for a little I think so. Yeah, yeah, and then it. we'll go into a discussion about the film itself. Yeah, Uh watched it this morning. It's a strange
1: morning film to watch. You yeah, really you it morning? sort of coloured
0: the day a little bit. Wow, yeah. Um, I mean, I think there are elements of the film that are really unpack- impactful, some not so much, um, but yeah. definitely the sort of the way he, the, he covers the whole certainly the first incident of the crash itself. Yeah, is, um, yeah, you know, pretty grim, grim, visceral, yeah, nail
1: biting. <laughs> and uh, all yeah. of the adjectives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, it won't stop. <laughs> um, shall, we, sh- shall we do it? Let's do it. Mm. Mm. Questing the Cinematic Line.
0: So, the survival film. I guess, uh, kicking off with a sort of loose definition, for those who aren't aware what a survival film is. <laughs> but I, I guess the way I would sort of think about it is it's usually humans versus the elements. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So like uh the oppressive flora and fauna, mm-hmm. weather, yep. uh Animals. terrain. Yeah, yeah. Uh and that often sort of leads to some kind of moral or spiritual conundrum yeah, which the yeah. character has to wrestle with alongside the aforementioned, you know, physical sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Um and it's a genre that has sort of consistently existed yeah uh i can't i don't actually know when the first survival film was but i mean it's <laughs> probably could have done with researching that but <laughs> i email think in. yeah email in <laughs> mm-hmm. uh you should probably check that email actually <laughs> yeah, I, <don't, laughs> like, I haven't checked it for ages <laughs> be like, um, um
1: been cancelled twice <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just got late. Like, just haven't don't know just why. haven't looked yeah, yeah yeah i mean i guess that's sort of how how i would sort of characterize that sort of genre and i think it's There's something endlessly endearing about that, isn't there? About sort of tales of human ingenuity, uh, suffering. uh, Beating the odds is a big one. Beating the odds, yeah. Which is a very classic Hollywood
1: thing, anyway. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you see that in a lot of other genres as well. It's like a very well used narrative trope um, because Mm -hmm. it inspires hope in people and it's a very kind of. It's usually quite a schlocky, saccharine approach to storytelling. But in the case of the survival film, I think it's quite. I mean, it, it is. It's bread and butter, really. Kind yeah. of, yes. Be, beating the odds. There you go.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dealing with adversity and and, and sort of... Learning about yourself along the way. Yeah, <laughs> Although
1: there's that... I think the one problem with the survival film is it is very... I mean it's difficult to define but if you were to define it as a film about someone who experiences something traumatic whether that be like a plane crash or just getting lost or mauled by a bear <laughs> yeah more yeah exactly yeah um and they have to make it back to civilization and you know sometimes with injuries or something that's holding them back it, it what my my point being, being is it's very one note it's like difficult to fork off the, the beaten path with it I think Did Okay you, Would you agree with Yeah that? yeah I see, I see what you're saying Because yeah. if
0: they died It wouldn't be a survival film Because they didn't no, survive No no I think uh, Bayona Et al Handled that element Of the film really well Particularly yeah. um, Sorry in Society of the Snow Really well mm. Particularly with the narrator Oh yeah Which I thought was really interesting It mm. genuinely surprised me In a way that I would really, you know, I just yeah. as a surprise it is it doesn't you don't expect it, <laughs> yeah, Na- yeah, very nature of a surprise. Um, but no, I thought they did that really well. Yeah, I mean, um, and they didn't. The,
1: whatever hints they dropped about it were subtle enough not to be like, oh right, I see yeah what to foreshadow coming. anything major. Yeah, yeah, yeah agreed. Yeah,
0: but no, I think you're right, and I, I, I think it does sort of tie in very well with sort of more popular themes of mainstream Hollywood films. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think there are some examples that. Deviate from that somewhat. Mm -hmm, Okay, um, that focus more on the brutality of their of the sort of of the situation. Yeah, definitely. Um, And again, those sort of moral conundrums, which are so central, particularly to this film. So, yeah, I I think it's definitely something that's it's going to be interesting to talk about. I think so because it's sort of one of those genres that you know they're definitely ones that are a lot more crowd pleasers. Yeah, oh, um, oh my god, it's littered with those. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: even one of Bayona's own earlier films, you, you could argue, is one of those kind of survival film crowd pleasers about a, quite a recent event. I'm talking about The Impossible. Okay, yeah. It's a lot more, well, I mean, for a start, it uh, it changes the nationality of the family they actually happened to which mm. he doesn't do in this and the film that came out before this Alive did do that okay. I think that might be a response to the criticism from the impossible yeah, yeah. Uh, cause they were a Spanish family I think in a oh,
0: welcome criticism really isn't it I mean, yeah
1: yeah um, because he's Spanish <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, I think he's Spanish anyway uh. <laughs> sorry JA <laughs> <I don't laughs> or <know. laughs> Stella Research yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll double check that mm. just confirmed that he is indeed Spanish yeah. so
0: he has well, just confirmed. <laughs> he has. Yeah, I yeah. rang him yeah, yeah. off
1: screen. Obviously, you know, I didn't want to. There to be any dead air, so I cut that bit out. But yeah, I, yeah, d- yeah, I do yeah. have his number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's so hard to end a, a survival film in, a, in an interesting way because naturally. The, the themes are gonna to converge to a against all odds I beat this kind mm. of the, the harshness of my situation and there's yeah. always going to be an inspirational bit at The end. 127 hours is guilty of that the impossible is definitely guilty of yeah, that yeah, yeah. even Sighting so the snow is slightly guilty of that although yeah. obviously with the aforementioned I mean it was a group of them so there's was some lot of quite a lot of loss of you know loss of life yeah uh, um, and uh, something like Castaway is uh I want to talk about Castaway in that context because the way it ends I think is really crucial and really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and and how much time it devotes to you know the the aftermath. I just think I will I'll go into it a bit later but Yeah, that
0: uh, yeah. that is yeah, thinking about it in that context is interesting because the sort of climax of the film tends to be them getting home, right? Getting back Yep. with friends and family and and but sort of ingratiating themselves back into society but you yeah. don't sort of see that mm. really you see the sort of like the hug or the kiss yeah yeah and yeah. it tends to end but obviously i can imagine there's a significant period of readjustment oh and, yeah and you yeah. know will you will you ever be able to sort of reflect on your life after the incident mm. in a way that yeah, I don't know. Well, is it sort of harder for you to assimilate back into those things, into your life, into the role you had before? And yeah, exactly. I think it could be something that a film focuses a little bit more on. I mean, you yeah. do a little bit in Society of the Snow. Yes, it's, um, it's subtitles. It's kind of inter- intertitles. Yeah, main, yeah. Mainly, and they sort of have a, it's like scenes of them being bathed and like doctors checking them over and like a sort of voiceover. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it doesn't go over the um, the sort of because. We're sort of talking about the film more than we should do at this uh-huh. stage, but obviously the whole cannibal cannibalism element, which is obviously something pretty much yeah. everyone would know about this. Mm. It's sort of the key. Um, oh, it's the reason why it sort of permeated. Yeah, I, think. I think so. Um, and they don't really. I think it would have been interesting to maybe sort of wrestle with that, as, as that was such like a big moral conundrum in the movie, and, yeah. and, you know, when they were out in the Andes. Mm. Um would have been interesting to see that. But I appreciate, you know, you, you've got a narrative. To fulfil, yeah. which is part of a grander sort of Hollywood narrative, yeah, yeah. Um, and you've also only got a certain amount of time. Even though this film was too long anyway, but um, and more of that later. <laughs> um, let's see what you have to say about Castaway. Let's just do that now. All
1: right. Yeah. No, I will. Um, because I, I mean, I love Castaway. That was like a kind of key film for me growing up. Um, I mean, what what's interesting to me for a start is that it's Zemeckis, who was. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, but he's, he's known for a very. I mean, he's known for Back to the Future. Forrest Gump before that which you know were alternatively like you know huge moments in pop culture for better or worse I mean mm. Forrest Gump hasn't stood the test of time that much but he wasn't really known for low-key low-ish key I mean there's a lot of high concept stuff in there like the plane crash etc and Tom Hanks being in it but there's no music in that film uh, for for like an hour and a half yeah and it's very sort of sedate almost um, and it, it just like lets you get to know this guy and and his fiancee Helen, played by Helen Hunt, Oh, yeah. Kelly, yeah, oh, and yeah, yeah. Um, it sort of spends a long time with him, just just doing his thing, like his everyday life. He works for FedEx. Oh <laughs> and he's yeah, he's obsessed yeah.
0: with time and
1: timekeeping. He has and, like a problem
0: with one of his teeth, doesn't
1: he? Has yeah, teeth? he's yeah, got yeah, a dental yeah. complaint. Yeah, yeah. So uh, very. That's
0: one of the sort of elements I really really stuck with me for some reason. I don't. <laughs> Oh no! I don't know why it, it does. There's Explicit- a payoff. Yeah, 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 there's that moment. Yeah,
1: um, and it's just interesting how long it takes to get to that moment of this, where the sort of survival aspect kicks in. I think it's probably about twenty minutes, half an hour. I'd say before the plane crash. Happens.
0: I mean, yeah, you would probably know better than me. I haven't seen this film since I was about sixteen, so I can't really remember.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I just I love how much time you spend with him before because it's so crucial.
0: And it, it adds to that kind
1: of almost realism with it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That people people forget about these aspects because everyone just remembers Wilson the volleyball, yeah. and like that was a kind of th- that was it's the cultural thing,
0: was like a touchstone yeah. for so many people. I mean, you can buy volleyballs with it. On we had one at uni. I've got one. Yeah, yeah you yeah, have one. I have yeah, one. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you know, it's, yeah, almost overshadowed those elements of the film. I think so. And then Tom there's... Hanks as well.
1: Yes, exactly. You know, this yeah, America's
0: yeah. Dad thing, which I find a bit. Sort of annoying, but <laughs> yeah, um, he's not a dad in this, though. But, no, yeah. no. <laughs> well, it just it just this sort of sort of cult- tendency culturally to pour a lot of reverence on one particular person, and mm, yeah, and I, I don't know. I find that really irritating, and it might not be. It's not necessarily always their fault, but it's like, yeah, I feel like he's embraced that pretty willingly, and oh, it makes yeah. it a bit more annoying. I'm not <laughs> saying he, he can't be good because he's definitely been good. Like, I'm not saying that at all, and like, no, I do quite yeah. like Castaway, but it's like. Um, Yeah, something annoys me about that. Yeah, I think... And I think that overshadows the film as well, the sort of more, Mm. um, you know, because there are subtle deviations from what we would consider the sort of classic archetypal survival movie. Yeah, yeah. But I think those are sort of, you know, mostly papered over by him. And I think the presence of him and his sort of star power... And yeah. the image that either he is supporting or is projected onto him by mainstream audiences.
1: Okay, yeah, I oh, no, you, you are right. Yeah. No, <laughs> huh? no, yeah, I hate it him that much.
0: I just, I just find it a bit irritating.
1: Yeah, I think you know, in the in it, this film came out in two thousand, and that was peak Tom Hanks, right? That was like, when oh yeah, he was he was, it, he was shitting about, incredibly there. famous. Yeah. yeah. And, the you know, Zemeckis had worked with him before and I think he became his sort of De Niro to Scorsese for a little yeah, while yeah, anyway. Yeah. And it was an expectation almost that he'd be cast in it. Yeah. I d- he does a great job. I think he's fantastic
0: in, in Castaway. Uh Yeah, when he's good, he's good, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if you can... I find with him I just have to shave away all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, no,
1: I think... the Yeah, the film just sort of doesn't spend as much time on the island as you'd expect... And you kind of you're always rooting for him because you want him to go back to his fiance, and and it's sort of like it it makes it all the more heartbreaking when when he does get back to civilization that she's moved on, which I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting. And then yeah. another half an hour of this film, yeah, 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 of, of him basically reconciling with the fact that he's been away on this island for four years. His you know, he you can't blame her for it. No, like she thinks no, no. he's died, and everyone thinks he's died. The plane had crashed, right? And not only that, he's sort of every, everything that he'd been working towards, was, which was effectively her. It it kind of it, it kind of melts away because she's gone. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And it's heartbreaking scene at the end, which is in. Another context might be quite schlocky. It is quite schlocky. It's the bit where they kind of meet up, and oh
0: yeah, the crossroads. Uh, I mean, that's that's
1: the very end, uh, um, and he meets okay, no, another woman, um, uh. but he kind of can't really. There's a kind of implication there that he can't really connect with her. Yeah, I yeah. think anyway. It's okay, open ended little ending, um, little ending. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just so heartbreaking. I think that the, the sort of moral message from that film is that. People move on. Uh, and yeah. you wouldn't expect it. you wouldn't yeah. expect that from a film, but uh f- from a film of this calibre really. But yeah. that, was, that was the ultimate message is that, you know, even if you did kind of surprise I'm alive and back to civilization, it, it wouldn't you know, your are coming back wouldn't really Yeah, the world doesn't stop because you've gone. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, the yeah, world's yeah. moved on. Yeah, I yeah. I just yeah. think I think castaway that's that is how it curbs around the almost trap of the survival film being about hope and and human resourcefulness, ingenuity, and and kind of resilience. It's not about that at all. It's actually about just human beings and their ability to move on without someone. That's that's what I love about Castaway and... and, uh, yeah, that's my two cents about that film, really, anyway. I just I need to watch it again, but... Um, it's actually been quite a long time since I've seen it, but... No, I I've seen, seen
0: it for years and years and years and, oh, years, and years. I it used to watch years. it,
1: like... <laughs> I used to watch it, like, once a year. It was one of those... It does have... The, from... Yeah, yeah,
0: it definitely has that vibe to it, that movie,
1: yeah. Mm. And the, the volleyball stuff is interesting as well. Um, undoubtedly, it's kind of created a... this sort of cultural thing around it, uh, but... And those scenes are sad, but I really think the relationship between Chuck and Kelly is the... Is the key thing. Yeah, yeah, it's the foundation and the reason why it's so upsetting.
0: Yeah, it's because he sort of superimposed his fantasies mm. onto her when he returns, hasn't he? Yeah. So he just thinks he's going to turn up and she's going to, like, throw herself to her knees and be mm. like, you know, rejoice. Yeah, yeah. Which he probably would have done if he'd been a couple of years earlier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the idea that, you know, yeah, things just move on and, and you know, grief you know, it's a constant in our lives, but yeah. we, as humans, we get better at dealing with it. Yes. And then that, that enables us to then move on and mm. make the sort of necessary steps to sort of just Yeah. live.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: no, that's interesting. I've not thought of it in that way, really. Again, for the aforementioned sort of Tom Hanks stuff, but mm. you raise a good point about it, which is sort of almost maybe reconsider it in a better light. I
1: actually. just, yeah, I mean, if you watch it again, the lack of music until the, he leaves the island... And that's when the first music hits. He looks back at the island, and he sort of realises, "What have I left behind there?" It was obviously like a source of trauma for him, this place, but also was simultaneously a source of survival and hope. Mm. And he's leaving it behind. He's seeing it sort yeah. of recede into the distance. And that's when the fantastic Alan Silvestri score comes in. Oh yeah, simple yeah. kind of via uh, one one melody, basically piano, um, piano, violins, um, oh. and also. Uh Kelly marries his dentist. Oh, really? <laughs> I forgot about that. It oh, was sort of shit. peppered in there. It's quite subtle, but uh it's so ironic, oh, obviously oh, it's kicked it to the fucking nuts,
0: and is it's kicked to the teeth, mate. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Got my anatomy wrong
1: there. <laughs> I'm fairly sure it's his dentist, um, because he mentions him whilst talking to volleyball and how much his tooth is hurting. Is my Dr. James Spaulding. And I'm fairly sure that's her husband
0: when he. Fuck. That's fuck. a wound of that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> anyway, um, I'll stop banging on about Castaway now because uh, I've probably been about 10 minutes. <laughs> no, 10 minutes yeah. well spent.
0: Both as the uh, talkers and for the listeners. Yes. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to quickly talk about something that I didn't really plan to talk about, but uh, my eyes gazed upon the DVD shelf, the <laughs> DVD section of my collection, um, and I realised that this is, well, yeah, constitutes a survival film. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, film by John Borman. Oh, okay. Uh, it's called Hell in the Pacific. Right, okay. Uh, it stars Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune. Ooh. So, it's one of the few... I don't know how many Western productions he was involved in. Toshiro Mifune. He was in a film called The Red Sun, which is like a Western, right? Okay, yeah, uh, and that's like a, a Western where he plays a samurai in the Wild West. Mm. It's also got um, Charles Bronson, yeah, and Alan Delon. Alan Delon, yeah, okay. yeah. It's really, yeah, I get, it's yeah, yeah. a really fascinating sort of film, just for the sort of cultural sort of amalgamation of all these different things, yeah. I, I quite like that movie for that reason. Yeah, um, yeah. But just as like a Western, it's quite enjoyable. Um, but this is uh, set during the Second World War. Right, okay. Uh, Tashiro muffoon plays a naval officer, and Lee Marvin plays a a pilot, an American pilot, and they both... In, I can't remember why he ends up there. I think he might have been left behind, Tashiro muffoon but Lee Marvin crashed on an island... And it's mm. just these two Ooh, on okay. an island, yeah, yeah. And obviously, mortal enemies, yeah, you know, Japanese and the Americans during the sort of peak of the Pacific conflict, right, at the war in the Pacific. And it's about them having to initially sort of uh, wrestle with those sort of external conflicts that are no longer important anymore right, because obviously yeah. the war's raging around them, yeah. But in this small island. There is no war. Ooh, okay, do you know like the yeah, wars yeah. left this part of the island, yeah. and it's just them two. The war is between those two. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's about them sort of like doing away with that, and realizing they have to sort of survive together. Yeah, and sure. that starts to become almost like a like a friendship. Oh, or yeah. it's, it's hard to know if it's like a real friendship, but you can see they start to like understand each other, and you know they begin to form a kind of bond. So just a really interesting little movie. I, I it's sort of it's annoying that I didn't consider this beforehand, so I could have done a bit more research. But it's a really really good movie. A lot of interesting stuff about the sort of creation of the film. Obviously, Toshirō Mifune um, and Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin idolised Toshirō Mifune. As a lot of actors did at that time. Yeah, because okay. you know Toshirō Mifune. You know Kurosawa. You yeah, know, his films were very popular in the West, uh, and was, you know he was lauded as one of the great auteurs, and mm. so. Obviously, by extension, to Toshiro Mifune, who's like his most recognizable star, was propelled into um, the adoration of you know anyone who was an actor. You know, yeah, so Lee yeah. Marvin loved him oh, and desperately yeah. wanted to work with him. But Lee Marvin was also a U.S. Marine who fought oh, in, really in in the Pacific.
1: Pacific. Wow! Okay. Uh,
0: like quite a few actors, weirdly. And I think before they made the film, Mifune made him go to like this sort of like place to Respect the Japanese dead, really? so I think there was already a little bit of like, yeah, uh, that sort of post war animosity still there, yes. Uh-huh. So the film came out in 1968, so I think that's you know still very prevalent, certainly. Okay, in, in, that's pre deliverance, yeah, yeah, for deliverance. Wow, it's just a really interesting film, and, and I think it really wrestles with that, those ideas really interestingly. Not about, only about the nature of survival, as we've talked about more broadly, but within the context of conflict, and yeah you know how in order to survive they have to do away with all of that yeah and how survival streamlines that almost mm. the sort of the, the need to survive erodes away any of the conflicts that you know the wider human societies have sort of created for themselves yeah know? No, that's but it's interesting. really interesting film really worth checking out and there's two great actors having yeah. like you know um a lot of time to chew the scenery i bet yeah well. yeah. yeah like <laughs> it's a it's a really interesting movie you know yeah, it's just one of those bizarre sort of experiment films that really not in the same sort of vein as Red Sun because Red Sun's definitely a lot more like overt in the fact that Mifune plays a samurai. Yeah, yeah, and right. Charles Bronson, obviously, you know, <laughs> Magnificent Seven and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's just an interest. It's just interesting to see Mifune out of Japan. You know, right, yeah. Although I think his dialogue is all Japanese. If I remember, oh really? Correctly. Yeah, has he yeah. subtitled then? Is it? Yes, yeah. I think so. God, I I fucking can't remember, but I seem to remember. You know, they they don't really communicate. Well, they Mm. can't communicate. So it almost sort of comes down to like primal. Yes, pointing at stuff. Yeah, pointing. It's like (laughs) early man methods of communication because of obviously the language barrier. But really good movie. Really great. Definitely worth checking out. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, a very kind of uh, straightforward. Plot, but with a lot of meat around around it. Yeah, yeah. When you've got people like Lee Marvin and Toshiro Mifune sharing a screen together, it's like you don't need anything else. Mm. Sounds electric. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Good stuff.
1: Nice. Um, So I want to mention. Uh, Touching the Void, which is actually a documentary. Okay, not seen um, it.
0: I'm a bit shit with my documentaries, actually. It's something I've always felt that I need to uh, improve. It's, it's funny. Um,
1: it, I've always been reasonably fascinated with survival, tales of survival anyway. Yeah, yeah. Like, I had a few books about just, like, stuff about people surviving things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, including, like, helicopter crashes into volcanoes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I've always been fascinated by it. And then... Um, uh, I think my mum had read t- uh, f- the book Touching the Void by a guy called Joe Simpson, who went um, climbing a mountain in the Andes with his mate Simon. Oh, Andes again. Another Andes one, yeah. Silu Grande is the name of the mountain. And he the north face hadn't been ascended yet. So they were like, it was a first for them. They were trying to be pioneers. Right. And he. Uh, in in his, in the book he sort of details how basically what happened was he's, he came over a, a, the ridge and the snow fell from underneath him and he sort of careened down the mountain and p- broke his leg really badly like i think the impact drove his lower leg straight through his knee joint so mm. it was like a re- it wasn't just a snap break it was like it a catastrophic break yeah, yeah a really really awful break um and uh his climbing partner lowered him down the mountain but he came onto an overhang and uh he uh, and because of the length of the rope he didn't know that he was dangling over the edge he thought he was still on like reasonably solid ground and uh after a while they had like a system in place as to you know when the other one would climb down to join him and he thought he died because he was there was the system wasn't happy like it was basically like he he wasn't responding anymore, so he cut the rope. And he was actually still alive, but just dangling over the edge of a crevasse. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just the guy that broke his leg? Yeah, yeah, right, this yeah, guy yeah. Joe. Uh, and, I mean, I, I could recount the entire rest of the survival story to you, but, I mean, the first... I mean, it's just a series of horrible, horrible instances of like bad luck and miscommunication and stuff, basically. But the film is a sort of dramatic reenactment of that of this and how he kind of somehow found his way out of the crevasse and crawled like with a broken leg six miles back to the base camp before obviously Simon was packing up to leave because he thought he was a goner and um, yeah so it's it's a fairly classic kind of survival tale but really Bet Simon felt
0: a bit guilty when he saw
1: him crawling over the hill <laughs> yeah yeah that was like a whole big thing about uh, again did he fall out uh, did they fall out yeah. over it? No, he was. He said he'd have done the same thing. Apparently, so yeah. they were actually very. Because I think there's like a kind of an unspoken rule in climbing. Is that, you know the whole thing about the bodies on Everest and stuff, and how you should leave them there is like a sort of okay. So there was a sort of mutual understanding of. As an avid climber, I should know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a bit in it where he's right before he decides to lower him down the mountain. Joe says, "I bet you anything, he's going to leave me here." And he, he could have done. He could have left me here and I wouldn't have blamed him because I was a goner. Like, I, I can't, you know, you can't climb down a mountain with a broken leg. No. Um, so there was always... Like they always sort of knew... There was like a kind of mutual yeah, understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he faced a lot of criticism from the climbing community about what he did, about how he cut the rope and stuff like that. So the film's about this, really, and there's definitely that the kind of moral through line about what Simon had done. And, you know, how, mm-hmm. how could he have done it differently and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, not often we talk about documentaries. but it's, No, no. Like As my, I
0: say, it's definitely... Documentaries are a, sort of a huge blind spot for me, oh, it's more just, broadly speaking. So, But it sounds great. I'm interested. It's great. Basically,
1: all it does is it is just like a normal film, but it replaces the dialogue with interviews. Mm-hmm. So it's a very straightforward Documentary. It doesn't have archive footage or anything like okay, that. It's yeah, a yeah. dramatic reenactment. Is it on location. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. shot it in the Alps. Yeah, um, and I in think the Alps. The Al- Yeah, they they didn't go back to the Andes because it was too dangerous. Though. Cowards. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> they did for a bit
1: actually. I think, but not for like the mountain stuff. Yeah, and yeah, they went fair back enough. to base camp. And there's like a big glacial lake and things. Yeah, just a great. I mean, an excellent example of uh, the survival genre. It doesn't do anything new, but because it's documentary, it's sort of it's very gripping and. It, I just think it's great. I think it's, yeah, highly highly recommend watching that one. Um, and it's just these two blokes. They're both from I think Sheffield. They're very matter of fact guys chatting about going. It was nineteen eighty five, just going oh, and climbing wow. the Andes and yeah it's really interesting and there it does suffer from the uh, once once he's found it's all over and everything's fine and there's like a couple of subtitles at the end <laughs> um, and I, you kind of I, I was left craving a bit more about like how mm. they got back to England and what you know what happened with Simon and the climbing community and stuff uh, and it doesn't contain that but uh, overall yeah, just just a, a great movie.
0: Um, the only other film I really wanted to mention in this context uh, was the Grey. Oh yeah! I think I said this in the outro of the last episode, retrospective um, episode. But it's um, my memory of it's really hazy. But what I really like about that movie is that it's sort of like maybe you can correct me with this because you're a bit better at dates and stuff. But I just feel like it was right at the point where Liam Neeson was about to free fall into those sort of action film. Yeah, it's like straight to DVD sort of action film. Yeah, you're right. Style films, (laughs) and it feels like. Obviously, it was it was after Taken, right? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. It was, I think it was the one he did straight
1: after, based okay. on his
0: the success with Taken. Yeah, so like that sort of like unassuming older guy mm. with like a sort of you know dark past, yeah, or like you know uh, extensive sort of training and you know, tactics or espionage or whatever. Yeah, and that yeah. tends to sort of be the character archetype he's played in a lot of these sort of net straight to Netflix, straight to DVD style action films that he's been in but what i like about the gray is that it's that but as as a survival film yes and it's like there's this sort of real commitment to this rugged sort of hyper masculinity yeah yeah i don't know like it really i don't know maybe it's like just like the right era of his career for that just to work for me personally yeah no i agree yeah you know, I just think there's something in that that I really like. And the final bit when he's like, all the wolves are surrounding him. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he? got those, he's sellotaped, like masking tape, glass, broken glass to his knuckles. Oh my God. Yeah. I yeah. remember thinking that, you know, <laughs> it's so fucking cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. I just think there's something interesting in that because it sort of reminds me of the way that we look at sort of 80s action films with, through the sort of lens that we have now. Like, Mm. I think it's a really sort of reductive attitude Just say, oh, I figured out the 80s action films are naff. So, you know, (laughs) I think there is, like, genuine, like, um, something, obviously, you know, something really fascinating there about the nature of, like, what the 80s was like. Yeah. And I think a lot of the best 80s action films, like Commando, for example, like, do a really good job of, like, placating the ideology of the time, but almost sowing the seeds for this sort of, like, silly silliness which can be sort of reflected on and critiqued at a later date yeah and yeah. i feel like the the gray has that sort of vibe to it mm. like it's this really like broodish sort of <laughs> you know sort of thick thick man sort of yeah. you know masculinity to it thick man to masculinity i don't know what i'm saying i think you know it kind Do of, you know of what makes mean? sense like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of hardy which is like really popular on social media like men cutting trees down and stuff Um, yeah uh, cooking outside yeah yeah. cooking
1: outside Uh, yeah yeah. people like in a in a stream swimming but then
0: chopping onions yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but with a cleaver as well it makes no
1: sense the implements are they yeah i know exactly what you mean there's definitely
0: sort of like a spectrum there within that like you've got like this sort of like scrawny little nerdy guys who just like sort of like cooking and having tents out and in the wilderness and you've got like the guys that like go out the massive axe and just like level half a forest <laughs> yeah yeah um i don't know it's weird but anyway yeah so I, I don't know like i feel like there's something in that like there's something almost sort of quite funny about it how I it think- plays it really seriously mm, yeah. in the same way that action films played themselves really seriously in the sort of 80s and early 90s and um yeah. i really like it for that and i just think it's a great one of the better i actually prefer it to taken i think um,
1: I've seen Taken once I've seen The Grey more than once yeah. so I mean I went back for more so clearly yeah. there's something in it I think there's something so basic and simple and stripped back about it yeah 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 uh, and like you say there's also like a kind of it maybe it is a male thing or maybe it's just a human thing I just like people I like watching people use what they've got around them to, to survive and like <laughs> yeah, make stuff yeah 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 um, and that's why I like Lost as well. The first series is Lost. I am not. I won't go to it too much as a TV show, but that has that. It has that basic kind of, what have I got around me? Like, human ingenuity. Okay, and I'm going to spend three days trying to make a fire, but I'll do it like this. And yeah, uh, and the, you know, even in lesser films, like there's a film called The Mountain Between Us, which is about Idris Elba and Kate Winslet oh, being yeah. in a plane crash. Uh and it's got stuff in it Was like, Idris Elba knows a bit about survival, so they kind of team up and, you know, they they find, like, bits of this plane and, and make
0: saucepans and stuff.
1: It's just, yeah, exactly, stuff like that. I think yeah, yeah. something to be said about watching that
0: is quite sort of Ingenuity in the case of The Grey, not just for survival, but to sort of prop up this new sort of career direction for Leslie. Leslie Nielsen, I nearly <laughs> said. Liam Neeson. Um, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen is the grey. Leslie Grey. Yeah, Gre- <laughs> uh, yeah I, I just really like it. I think it's a a, a real sort of uh, guilty pleasure, um, mm. and it's something I'd quite like to revisit somewhat shortly. It'd be funny if I thought it was shit, <laughs> which yeah. has often happened actually. But no, I I, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Joe Car- Joe
1: Carnahan directed it. Oh, okay. So he. His films include Smoking Aces and yeah, The well, A-Team. It's so, A Team.
0: So, I mean, this—that's probably
1: his best film, then, I suppose. Yeah, it made well, a lot of money against those well. two films, definitely. Mm. Yeah, so he's a sharpshooter in a remote Alaskan oil facility. That's very,
0: very eighties. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very Liam Neeson now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, completely. Very Leslie Neeson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So, some honorable mentions. Uh, some great ones, Walkabout. Oh, which I thought yeah.
0: you said when you were going. Yeah, yeah. To, and it's funny you when you said, "Oh, you're getting Walkabout." First off, I don't own it, which I should do. Yeah. I don't think I do anyway, but definitely worth mentioning. That that's a
1: great example of a film about um, a, a drastic sudden change in lifestyle for two children. Like it's Jenny Anter yeah. and some other boy. I don't know uh, <laughs> some <laughs> other boy, yeah. some nondescript boy. Yeah, and they meet an aborigine. Um, gentleman who sort of shows them the ways of his culture, uh, his own lifestyle and culture.
0: Yeah, that are being obliterated by by yeah. their parents. It, yeah. Basically, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a
1: really strange. I mean, it's Nicholas Rogue, so he's his sort of filmmaking sensibilities are just slightly odd. Anyway, he's great. Like, yeah. it's, there's a vibe to his films. Um, it's a vibration to his films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just love how um, it becomes about. I mean, at the very end, it sort of revealed that she's sort of longing for that basic lifestyle again, yeah, um, yeah, and
0: it's the opposite of what you'd expect, yeah, you know. yeah, yeah, because the as we said in this sort of opening to the discussion, the survival film is almost like it almost puts this human society that we've created for ourselves on a pedestal, yeah, yeah, yeah know, exactly, yeah. which which I quite, again, is interesting to see in films like Walkabout that sort of subvert that. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. And, it's, and and the film is sort of a constant critique of that as well. Like, mm. it's all about, you know, like the way, like, um, there's a lot of scenes of animals being killed. And yeah, there it's is. It's very yeah. brutal. It's a very sort of, it's like the brutal sort of clashing of it. It's almost like, you know, the society that humanity's built for itself, Australia, just it, it's not sort of, it's not obvious. It shouldn't be part of it almost. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Brilliant film. Very very good and yeah very anti-colonial as well because they're yeah, British yeah. kids aren't they yes yeah and yeah. their dad uh, blows himself up in the car oh yeah yeah, weird, suicide, but... yeah yeah he commits suicide doesn't he yeah right at the beginning and uh, and he never really understand
0: why and oh, yeah, of... I completely forgot about that it's like a key plot detail that he he just... <laughs> yeah he just blows himself yeah up yeah first, what uh, a film that is great film yeah, yeah I had t- to mention that I think. we should probably put his name in the director deep dive actually I don't know why we didn't do that yeah yeah I mean there's always going to be loads of directors we miss out but have you seen Eureka Eureka. That's the only one of his I haven't seen. Okay, I've got it. I'll lend
1: it to you. Oh, yeah. yeah it's on. Do. I've got it on Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray uh, brand is Eureka. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> So yeah, it says yeah, it yeah. twice on the spine. I don't know that's quite funny. Yeah, that is, yeah. yeah. Not a survival
0: film, though, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else? The Revenant? Yeah, yeah. That's uh, probably one of the more recent, sort of quite uh, well-known examples. A film that divides a lot of people, I think, for the reasons we've just talked about. Because yes. Because I think a lot of people were expecting it to be one thing. Yeah. And it wasn't. And a lot of people didn't like it for how sort of like meditative it was. And yeah. I mean I find with it's Irinita, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find with his films that there is like they're quite overt and want and aspiring to things like that and it almost <laughs> undercuts it. Yeah. I think the yeah. Birdman had that problem, even though I like Birdman, like mm. there's definitely like a sort of self knowing <laughs> about yeah, his films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is sort of a bit Bit grating but I did like The Revenant I also remember when I saw it in Derby uh, we watched it and we went it was me I think it was me my nan and my dad and we went out and it was snowing. Oh, really? And, like, the whole like car park was thick with snow. Oh, and it was, like, okay. Yeah, that's went bizarre. in and it wasn't. Came out and it was sort of added to it, I guess. Yeah, because you just watched a film which is set exclusively in the snow. And yeah. Like six blizzards
1: in it. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. You just watched Leonardo DiCaprio like get into a, a dead bison. That's it. Yeah, sort yeah of yeah. Empire Strikes Back style. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like. I do like The Revenant. I don't. The main problem I have with it, actually, is that it deviates away from the actual story, which is pretty phenomenal. And crucially, because there's a whole thing at the end about him killing Tom Hardy, basically. He finds him, it's revenge, mm. it's basic and raw, it's back. But in reality, uh, he just wanted his gun back, apparently. And he forgave ah. him for leaving him uh, to die. And it was actually like... I don't know, there's just something crazy about the fact that in real life he just said, no, it's fine, I'll just, just take my gun, can I can have my gun back.
0: I, quite, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> why, why didn't, I guess again, Hollywood, right? It's got to yeah. fit into some revenge again. Is it's got to be a big this. climax. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool bear attack
1: in it as well. I mean, that's the crux, isn't it? That's the plane crash of The Revenant, is the yeah, bear attack. yeah. But there's a lot of other stuff in it surrounding... Like quite a big battle scene at the, beginning, at the start, which is really yeah. good. Oh, great, yeah, yeah, yeah it really sets the sort of tone of the
0: of the era very well.
1: Mm. Um, I remember yeah. them them being a, there being a big thing about them shooting natural with natural light, yeah, exclusively apart from one scene. And I remember being really annoyed because I knew what scene it's it was. Uh, it's isn't it? Lu yeah, 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 Um frequent collaborator of Um
0: he, he works with Terrence Malick as well, doesn't he? Does he? That yeah. makes sense because I think he does. Yeah.
1: cam shots of rivers. Yeah, yeah, well, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we might have to. Yeah, I wouldn't surprise me. Uh, yes, yeah. Frequent collaborators uh, are yeah. Terence Mal- Malick, Alfonso Cuarón, and Alejandro González Iñárritu. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, and also Tim Burton, Joel, and Ethan Cohen, and David O. Russell as well. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Well, that
0: was a pretty impressive CV.
1: Yeah, fair enough. I, uh, I do think it looks amazing as well. It's very cold and blue. No, it's a beautifully shot movie, yeah. Mm. yeah. Better than Birdman, I'd say. Which, I mean, was a technical achievement in itself,
0: uh, but gimmicky. And loads of films did it after. Yeah, yeah, it set a precedent, stylistic precedent for the one take. I think we talked about this. Yeah, we had I can't have, remember what episode, but, yeah, you know. Um, probably we were chatting about war films, in like yeah yeah that was it. The yeah, 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 it sort of created that sort of it, it was one of the few times that cinematic technique became like a marketing tool, mm, yeah it was sort of used to for like mainstream appeal, which I guess is quite interesting in itself, but yeah,
1: yeah, it's just strange, um no, yeah, i like like the revenant j- just about i don't I've seen it
0: once, I don't think I'm gonna yeah, I've only seen it once, and that was at the cinema when it came out, so mm. Yeah, I tend to do that with most films, really. I, yeah, <laughs> we'll see him once. and <laughs> um, Yeah, no. Good, yeah, it's still worth a mention, though, definitely in this context. And yeah. despite my sort of grievances with the way Iriniti makes his movie, you know, there's that sort of vague pomposity to his films. Uh, yeah. I, I did like it. Yeah, I need to...
1: Maybe I should give it another go. But yeah, I remember being quite long as well. Uh, yeah, a it's a long sort of, Yeah, yeah. Which is fair enough, but... Um, I'm trying to think what else. What else I'd like to mention? 127 hours. I would have to throw in there because bit of boil, is, bit of boil can't <laughs> can't go wrong. Uh, it's a lean 90 minutes. It's yeah, an interesting story in itself. I think some of these films kind of lo- prompt you to look up what actually happened and seek out you know additional information about yeah, the yeah. Society stars. of the Snow definitely did that as well. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. yeah. I've already talked about this, Into the Wild, which ultimately actually sort of isn't a survival film, but it has those. Um, it goes back to what we were talking about before about like watching someone build their lifestyle around nature and, oh, yeah, and yeah. not society and leaving society behind.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, it just that has that kind of feel to it as well. Yeah,
0: um, it definitely inspired a generation of people to go, "I want to do that," but never actually ever will because they like their. Mac too much, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and also I actually weird. like that film very much, to be honest.
1: Oh, uh, it's fair play. I quite, I quite enjoy it, but um, I mean those those kinds of people, uh, yeah, didn't watch the last half an hour. I don't
0: think. <laughs> <that was laughs> yes. Yeah. Sort of. Watch watch, watch out on the mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mushrooms are killing, isn't it? Berries. Oh fuck! <laughs> mushrooms, berries. <laughs> Who, cares?
1: <laughs> Who cares? Bears. Yeah, <laughs> there is a bear in it, but he's so thin that he fucks off. That's quite a lot. I like that. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Or well, the bear sort of detects how gaunt he is. Yeah, he's just like, there's no meat on you. I'm, I'm off. I'll go. Oh. He sort of sniffs him and yeah, he's too weak to do anything, so he just stands there and uh, doesn't doesn't eat him or anything.
0: Yeah. I can't remember that scene. I have seen the film, but I can't. Grizzly Man, another one.
1: Oh, yeah. Another doc, another. Yeah, I have seen on that doc. one. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, again, not really a survival film in the sense that they survive. More like a tale of obsession, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, odd story. Yeah. Like, there's
0: some ecological merit to what he was doing, but mm. you, there's obviously a lot of it additional stuff that I think Herzog does a pretty good job of uncovering. That's right, yeah. And the talk- obsessive nature and, you know, how he didn't really have much of a life outside of mm. what he was doing. and Yeah, that's right, yeah. And he almost had this sort of sense of ownership over them, which yes. is, like, I guess, in a way, somewhat troubling, given that it's obviously the natural world. Yeah, yeah. But I've, I spoke to, I think, Dale about it, actually, and he was saying that, he obviously... He, Regardless of that, he did do quite a lot of like conservation stuff for okay. bears in that area. So I yeah. don't know enough about it to comment on that. But no, um, yeah, yeah. I re- just remember a scene of him saying, "These are my bears." Yeah, I remember that. Thinking, yeah. oh, okay,
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was a sort of quite a quite an eccentric, bloke yeah, in general, yeah, wasn't he?
0: Um And obviously Herzog listening to the God oh, Jesus, the yeah, audio yeah. of him being eaten. Fucking hell! I've such a Herzog thing to do that. Oh man!
1: And man. I love him for it, but <laughs> fucking hell! No there's chance. like a there's like a whole subreddit about people trying to find that and, and listen to it, and it's not going to go anywhere because they did destroy it. And yeah, there yeah, is yeah. no there's no surviving account of that of the bear attack at all. It's gone. Like I I, I know that, <laughs> and the film makes that very clear as well. Yeah, yeah, But some people are convinced that there's a copy of it somewhere. Oh, um, really? And there's like a whole sort of amateur sleuth <laughs> situation going on, about wanting Like wanting a bear with a recording device. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. bet you anything that. You know, you'd listen if if it does exist, which it doesn't. But if it, for some reason they they did kind of uncover something, it would just be. I mean, it'd be horrible, but also exactly.
0: It, I can almost sort of imagine it. Obviously, yeah, you can't yeah. really imagine how horrible it would be because obviously it'd be a whole new level of horror. Yeah, but like yeah. I can sort of imagine it. Mm, just rustling, you know, and yeah. someone Ow. screaming for yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> shit! <laughs> oh bloody hell! Not my not my toes, not my femur. <laughs> 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 oh, poor bloke. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no lot. Yeah, I think we've covered some good ones there. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Shall we uh, move on to Sight in the snow? Yes, let's do that. I think one thing to note, something I'm going to write in my letterbox review, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, that it's interesting to see a director unshackled from the sort of more naff elements of hollywood's remorseless content machine yes because bayona has certainly kind of i think you said this in the outro the last episode is sort of a director for hire oh yeah yeah you know he's done Jurassic world fallen fallen, Kingdom. fallen tits dragon dinosaur bollocks whatever
1: <laughs> uh haunted house dinosaurs yeah
0: and like you know and i and i you know i'm not you know i i like that i like those sort of directors those sort of like approach they just sort of like Next thing, next thing, next thing. You don't necessarily have any like visual or thematic things that they carry through their films necessarily. Or yeah, per se, yeah, yeah. they mm. just sort of treat each sort of each material in, on its own merits individually. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I like that. I'm not slagging him off for that. But what I what I think is especially interesting here is that he's sort of separate from that. Now, obviously, Netflix is co financed, um, yeah. but they like to pride themselves on giving the illusion of being separate from the Hollywood machine. But hmm. You know, I, I think it's interesting that he's obviously not having to placate that so much.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. think there are
0: elements that definitely are fall into the sort of traps that we've discussed in a few of the films. Yeah, uh, prior, but I think was, that was really interesting for me just as mm. just going into the movie, thinking about his filmography and oh yeah, yeah, you know what he's you know and and, and now making something that felt uh, maybe I'm sort of being a bit simplistic about this, but and without knowing him obviously, but. More personal. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Some, like, kind of establishing a bit of a
1: visual style for himself that yeah, yeah. wasn't present. I mean, he before this, he was doing the Lord of the Rings Amazon TV series. He okay. He sort of spearheaded a couple of those episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Impossible is... I quite like The Impossible for what it is, but it isn't sort of stylistically... Unique or even particularly unique narratively, either. No, um, it's basically the 2004 Boxing Day tsunami film. Like that's what it is, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this one is interesting, more a lot more interesting because there's already a You're film. Forget Jurassic World. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Is it? Was it the second one? Yeah, Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. <sighs> oh. Which, wowza. There's a bit in that which I really like. There's like one scene which, and like is a stretch, but there's a bit where uh, they're like carpet bombing the island. And then you see one of the dinosaurs, like, dying. It's horrible. Yeah. Out yeah. of nowhere, it's sort of, there's sort of an ecological spin on the whole thing, and then it goes back to being... Shit.
0: Shit, complete yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's a really, really terrible film. Mm.
1: He, like you say, he doesn't strike me as someone who has uh, any interest in developing a style, but this changes that, definitely. A lot of close-ups shot with wide-angle lenses, yeah, <laughs> for yeah, a start. Yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I think he's got quite an extensive visual effects background. So, I mean, based on the films that he's done in the past. So, The Crash lo- is quite, in, in oh, a way, the yeah. way they're, that visual effects are employed is quite tasteful, I'd say. And doesn't sugarcoat anything. No. Um, it's just very... It is grim. As grim as a 15 will allow, I think. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> the age rating. Better yeah. than the previous adaptation of the same situation, Alive, Frank. Marshall, I think. Okay. Ethan Hawkes in that one. Have uh, you seen it? No,
0: no, no, I've not seen that. Yeah. Um, I, 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 he's it is it, good,
1: but it's like, I do prefer this one quite by quite a significant margin, mm-hmm. actually. His use of, he used the volume for some of this. Can you believe it? Uh, okay. It's kind of for some close ups and stuff, which yeah, is crazy because yeah. it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it mainly, I think, shot on location um but yeah he he nav the and the way he sort of navigates the moral conundrum of mm. the cannibalism which you know there's extensive discussions there's like a good sort of chunk of yeah. the film is devoted to them talking about it and talking yeah, about yeah. like how are we are going to get nourishment and there's like literally only one option and it's to eat their friends basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh the way he kind of navigates that's really nice and he justifies it from both ends i think yeah
0: yeah yeah he sort of it's a sort of lens that you know it's it's a horrible you know you wouldn't wish it on anyone situation to be in but there's no judgment either no definitely Um, not because the will to survive the desire to survive is is obviously something that we don't necessarily have to sort of um, entertain Mm. in the sort of luxuries of the world that we live in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you see flickers of it, I think, when you're on public transport, like on trains and people yeah, like push each yeah. other out of the way to get on the train or everyone looks anxious when a train's late and you yeah, really feel yeah. like people are really like getting this singular I must do what I need to do <laughs> above everything else. But you see like you see it sort of drip fed into aspects of like the allegedly civilised world that we live in. But Oh yeah yeah. You know allegedly civilised who mm-hmm. the fuck I am. <laughs> um but you know like you know, the idea that, you know, when you're in that situation, you're driven more by that sort of animalistic will to survive, you know. Mm. And it's interesting that you're out in these landscapes that are, you know, completely devoid of life, almost inhospitable. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, and they almost become part of that landscape mm. by adopting that that approach, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's not something that they take lightly. Although I do think... I guess it does sort of become commonplace for them, doesn't it? And it's quite strange seeing that sort of, yeah, almost long time, it, yeah. Like I think the, the sort of moral conundrum is present for a little bit, and then it becomes quite normalised, yes, um, quite quickly. Yeah, there's like um, wide
1: shots of the the fuselage, and there's you can just see ribs,
0: yeah, <laughs> sticking yeah.
1: out of the snow. and that's about probably about the hour forty five mark, and it's yeah, you you're right, it is normalised. Yeah, eh? yeah. And the way they because uh, they have they go on like little expeditions to try and f- basically figure out where they are, and they carry socks,
0: yeah, filled with. <laughs> But like Muscle and stuff Yeah Yeah. their friends And even in some cases Family There's a really chilling bit Where the guy Whose mum and sister die Oh yeah He's like Feel free to use them Yeah yeah Feel free to Have a nibble when I'm away yeah Yeah It's like having someone over dog sit and says, there's a pizza in the oven. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The way he says it is really sort of nonchalant, which I thought was a bit odd. Yeah, uh, But I could sort of understand that maybe these characters are sort of so consumed by the will to survive that any of the sort of exterior noise, are, mm. you know, which would be the sort of ethics that come from, you know, society and living together in, in relative comfort Yeah, um, with that all gone maybe it just sort of erodes any sort of thought process about that and it was interesting i was really keen to research that mm. i think i spent a lot of my time after watching the film finding out how you know nationally and internationally that was perceived okay yeah, um, yeah because you know that's something that i think they sort of address in in the film they're sort of saying what happens if we get farmed in like two days and we're just nibbling on like a sort of <laughs> thigh bone yeah, yeah. um <laughs> And I think that's a really interesting point—the idea of being discovered and being seen doing that. Yes, I think even there's if a, it's like a necessity, they would—you know—I think that would draw a lot of ire.
1: There's a lot. Of, I mean, they're very pride, pride-driven yeah. characters, almost all of them. And so, the, to yeah, like you say, to be caught in the act of cannibalism, defaming—yeah, like especially their uh, friends as well—is shocking to them. Yeah, much more so than I think would be the case with a lot of cultures, even like Western culture, I think it's sort of more there's a kind of understanding is it is genuinely like a way to survive and like you gotta do what you gotta do. But yeah, there's yeah. an obviously there's an also a sort of Catholic, there's sort of religious aspect to it as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which a
0: few of them I think which dictates mm-hmm. Those who hold off on it the, for the longest, yes, and before they realise they will just die if they don't.
1: Yeah, it took a really long time for one of them
0: to could, yeah, come yeah. around, didn't it? And the Liliana, the the y- wife, yes, the, one of the, the only surviving woman. Yeah, um, although the, well, his sister survives for a few days, but she dies. Assuming mm. you've already seen the film, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. if or you're not that bothered about spoilers <laughs> at this point. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was interesting, and, and I was reading a little bit about it. It was very cursory research, but it was. No, you know, like, yeah, that was met with quite a lot of Mm. um, hostility, hostility. yeah. And the way it was leaked, I think it was leaked internationally before it was nationally, it was really strange. Oh, okay, yeah. And then obviously, that the Uruguayan press and pop, you know and and people got hold of it and I think that caused quite a lot of fervor mm, yeah and I think that resurrected a lot of the sort of concerns that they had concerns that would have been easily battered away by the will to survive and the, na- the nature of their surroundings yeah uh, but they're all gone now and you're back in that society which is sort of you know which is driven by those attitudes towards morality and ethics and obviously the religion which as you say plays a significant part I mean I in the film and I imagine Uruguayan society at the time Catholicism I mean I don't know enough to say that with certainty but <laughs> South American so, religious yeah ideas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that was interesting and uh, and apparently like a Uruguayan Catholic priest said look you know you're not going to go to hell because it's sort of like necessity, sort of needs uh, must. Right, yeah, that's nice. Um, and I think that softened a lot of the public perception of what they did. Yes, yeah. Um, but it must have haunted them for the rest of their lives. Like, I can't imagine yeah. how that... No, yeah. How they could, like, particularly eating meat again. Oh, God, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, I don't know.
1: I mean, I suppose the the one saving grace is that they weren't in a kind of boiling hot country. Where it would just rot quickly. Like yeah, at least yeah. the snow would be. And they, they do, they pack it with snow, don't they? And they eat the. the effectively, they eat the snow with it inside, yeah, so they don't yeah. have to taste it, at least initially anyway. Although yeah. I know, uh, like you said, as it, the film goes on, they're not as sort of bothered by the, no. the shocking nature of it all because it's becoming a new. I feel like a new society, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love In also. the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do love also the detail that they include in this, um, where they, they the one of the worst things that they kind of can't face is knowing who they're eating. Yeah. So they yeah, yeah. they kind of uh, fine I don't know if they're are they butchers or something? That they have the most knowledge about kind of human anatomy and what to Yeah yeah yeah. And they it kind of these two blokes are in charge of cleaving and cutting up the meat and so and one of the things that they kind of touch on is it all gets mixed together so they never know who they're you know who, who they're, they're eating really seeing, which is quite which I thought was quite harrowing but also what the, a burden to bear for those other guys though right yeah oh man yeah like so brave and the just the idea that they could still hold on to that as if they'll never know yeah and yeah because the the, the the burden of knowledge would be almost overwhelming I yeah think, after yeah, that.
0: yeah Um so
1: yeah I'm glad they included that because I don't think Alive did include that detail I mean
0: there are other elements that they the film doesn't have Mm. Uh, so they use the skin I think for warmth yes Uh, flayed the skin off the corpses for, for warmth I imagine that's to sort of like I think maybe the decision there was what they were what they were already doing is pretty fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Um so to, if they're wearing skin as well that from an audience mainstream audience perspective that might not be um yeah the best way in sort of getting you, you on side with these individuals. Mm, I yeah. would have liked to see him not because I'm sort of but I would be interested to see how that like an alternative cut of the film (laughs) (laughs) it's just all the the exact same film shot for shot but they're just wearing someone else's skin like (laughs) you know like just to see how that would um, sort of impact the sort of uh, the, uh, the sort of public consensus towards the film. <laughs> yeah. Um but I can understand why they wouldn't have done that. I think it it would it would mar the characters a little bit too much.
1: Yeah, I suppose. And also there's like there's a whole other aspect to the film which is the the radio and the fuselage and finding the tail of the plane and Yeah, things like yeah. that. They have to kind of get on with that, I think. Um adding the skin thing maybe would have pushed it into the sort of two-hour, 45, three-hour mark,
0: because that would have been a big thing as well. Yeah, like, oh. yeah you can't just yeah, just have a cut. <laughs> and They're yeah, all just yeah. in skin. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um, yeah. I know. Yeah, I almost like what I liked about it as well, thinking about it in terms of the runtime, because I do over- I, overall sorry think that it was too long. Mm, yeah. Um, but the film was sort of quite... It sort of captures the monotony of their life quite well yeah yeah so maybe thinking about it maybe that's like it sort of softened my criticism of the runtime a little bit like the idea that like as you know they forged their own society in the snow in the snow in the snow (laughs) and um but you know it's almost like day-to-day life yeah and i I felt like it was quite boring in parts but not maybe in a way that sort of worked in the context of what maybe survived that their sort of survival was like because eventually things like we say, the flesh eating of humans becomes normalized. Yeah, so does yeah. the boredom of living in and around fuselage in the middle of the Andes. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, like a big valley. I liked the the
1: avalanche
0: stuff. And yeah, yeah.
1: That kind of aspect of it was kept the pace up a little bit. Yeah, we re-
0: have re- sort of revitalized it, mm. gave us some energy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> to talk about something so horrible, but in the context of the narrative,
1: yeah, no, definitely, it could have been shortened a lot. I think there's a there was a focus on the sort of expedition side of things and them kind of finding a well, realizing for a start they think they're just in a valley and Chile's right there, mm. and they'll see green pastures, green, right? And they're not. there I think one of the problems is uh, the pilot drastically underestimated where where they were, so they thought. They were a lot further out of the mountain range than they actually were, so they were just surrounded by mountains. Mm. Um, and it does pay, it does give that section of, of the film a lot of runtime that maybe could have been shortened. Um, so we ch- sort of touched on it earlier, but the, uh, the kind of revelation that the narrator who is kind of telling you this story via voiceover is is dead. Mm. What, did
0: you, what did you think of that? I liked it, mm. yeah, because yeah. I sort of thought that it sort of took the jeopardy out of his character that he had the voiceover because, yes. you know, typically... You know, yeah. if the character has the voiceover in these sorts of films, is the one that has survived. Mm, yeah. And you almost imagine them doing a shot of them, like, sat sitting on their home with kids, finishing their autobiography about yeah. it. You know what I mean? There and back again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, thought they were going to Bilbo it and then Frodo it subsequently. <laughs> yeah. But they didn't. And I thought that was quite interesting. That it it really genuinely caught me off guard. I think just because I was expecting it just to, just to sort of um, adhere to the, uh, you know, to the sort of classic sort of mainstream yeah. movie survival film sort of or indeed just broader sort of hollywood tropes even though the film isn't strictly hollywood i no. thought it would have appeased that just you know more about more out of expectation but i was genuinely surprised by that and mm. i thought it was quite an impactful narrative device yeah same i was really surprised by that and they have like a,
1: a title cards about the, the sort of dead yeah yeah and that was really touching i thought yeah really yeah sweet. Um, and a good way to kind of,
0: w- without being too Hollywood about it, like immortalize. Yeah, because he invested people. a lot in him, and he came a- yeah. came across like one of the more sort of like sort of morally robust characters because he was one of the people that sort of holds off mm. on eating people till he's literally about to die. Yeah, yeah, um, he's dead against. And it, he's almost he? sort of not forced into it, but like someone mm. basically says, "Eat this, or you're, you're dead." Yeah, yeah. And he does it with a great deal of reluctance. So. Yeah, they invest a lot of time in him, and then just to kill him, I thought was really bold. Actually, yeah, I thought so. Um, and I, I, you know, and he present. I, I, I don't know, like if the people attached to this film, in terms of the actual incident, have seen it and wonder what their thought process would be on it. But I think mm. it was because I
1: mean, they could. They could have so tasted, easy. Sorry, t- t- sorry,
0: no, it's sort of tastefully done. Yeah, sorry. No. no, not at all. I
1: just think it. they, they could have, like you say, they could have so easily had the film follow someone who did survive, yeah, whose, yeah. whose account, for a start, whose account is more, uh, you know, reliable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they didn't choose to do that, and I thought that was really interesting and a really good way to, yeah, subvert your expectations, mm. for sure. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Agreed. Mm.
1: Uh, it hasn't improved my... I'm I'm not actually too bad on planes, <laughs> but uh, it hasn't Im- improved my slight ang- anxiety of getting... I'm jumping terrified of them. Mm. Yeah, I can understand why. Like, you know. yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I uh, we came back from a holiday recently, and and uh, and I was told afterwards it was very mild turbulence, but for me it was like, yeah, I was like shitting a brick for like an hour and a half. Yeah, and
1: it's the kind of thing also, like a fear of. I'm not saying you you have an explicit fear of it, but. um, Oh, no, I do. That fear of. Yeah. The fear of flying, where it's one of those things, I suppose, when no matter how much statistics can get thrown at you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're in a big tube in the middle of the the sky and, you know, you're battling the elements and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, I think the intention of those statistics is to sort of prove how rational the fear is, which I can see from the outside. Mm. Sort of, I can see why people like sort of present that to people like myself. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's oh, never, it's yeah. never going to work.
1: No, no. I like, it's quite a sweet thing to do, Isn't it oh, don't worry, you're more likely to get killed on the way to the airport. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, thanks, yeah. that improves things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be yeah. Shitting it in the you're car on the to way to the st- hotel as yeah, well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> more likely to get stabbed in the face by Peter Andre. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, die yeah, in a yeah. plane
0: crash I was going to go see him in Bath now I'm not going to do it anymore. yeah yeah <laughs> then I get on a plane and he gets on it I think oh <laughs> fucking hell Brilliant! <laughs> Look at the weather forecast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus. He's putting yeah. some name to some kitchen knives and grease. <laughs> he has some in his battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all coming. up. It's all coming. Oh. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 don't know. Like it's a, it is a fear that will always be with me. And films like this don't really help. But um, yeah, no. I think I my imagine. anxiety is always going to be there. So, oh man, yeah. It, it's just, it's just
1: the thing you got to do. Got to jump on a plane for
0: a couple of hours. I suppose. Yeah, you can't um, go to. Skeggy All the time No You, you know can't. you've got to go to other places so. Catch
1: a boat That's true Three months But yeah <laughs> That's also true <laughs>
0: Although one of my colleagues at work told me That they were on a cruise Was on like Through a hurricane Ooh. And she said it was one of the most terrifying things ever oh, that, that scares so, me so much so more that, than the plane thing Yeah, yeah I, It can go either way
1: Yeah I mean, I don't like the idea of a cruise anyway, personally. No, because, I don't think it sounds shite. But, yeah, yeah, and also, yeah. apparently, it's really easy to get ill because you're in an enclosed environment and you're like... Oh, yeah. The... It's like being on the tube for three months, apparently. <laughs> With a <the> swimming pool <laughs> in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, but no, I just I hate that. The idea. Of so it's, like, it's almost like it's almost in the adverts. So they've always got like like an on onboard butlins, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah this this is yeah. this will pull them in. It's like, absolutely not. No. Yeah, you're on a big huge. Take me to
1: the fucking hurricane. Yeah. Just <laughs> see see a video of a rogue wave, and you're like, oh, no, skegness for me, <laughs> skeggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No risk. <laughs> no risk. <in> <laughs> no.
0: Next. um day. Yeah, no, I, I I do did like the film. I did I enjoy it, and as I said, it sort of coloured my evening. Sorry, morning. So used to saying evening because films are usually an evening affair for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it did just the sort of the, the trauma of it and mm. my own sort of fears about flying. It definitely sort of lingered with me and still will probably for the remainder of my Sunday. So. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no. I I'd say it's worth a watch, for it also I think it's. I don't think it's perfect at all.
1: I think it's quite. Matter of fact, in some aspects of it, I don't know. They're yeah. retelling a true story, but like, I don't gonna take know. more risks. Like the risk they took in terms of the re- narrator, yeah, that was great. More, more of that, that, yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. I agree. No, I think so. And I'm interested to see what Bayona does next. If he kind of goes back, recedes into you know director for higher territory or if he does another Spanish film maybe yeah. not even for Netflix maybe one yeah 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 kind of turns into a, a, a younger del Toro or something yeah it yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I mean, that's, a, that's the interesting thing about him is that like he's clearly like talented and, yeah. you know like clearly a good director like mm. so I mean I'm not saying that that wasn't present in his other films but I think that sort of vision that you have it's harder to fucking you know put that across in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom do you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. <laughs> so yeah, more of those films please, J.A. Ag- agreed, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because I think you've clearly got the chops for it. Hmm, so. Yeah, I think so. Good. Outro? Nice. Outro. Questing the Cinematic light. There we have it then. Yep. Enjoyed that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Can i yeah. say that with every episode. It'd be weird if I said I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't like that one. Didn't like that one, shit. A bad experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, good to talk about, it. and a Cinder Boys first in terms of genre.
1: Yeah, I'm going to watch Castaway at some point this week because I, I forgot how much I love it, and I was ch- chatting about it. I'm like, I'm going to see it again.
0: It's resurrected <laughs> your dormant enthusiasm. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, next week, well, not next week. Uh, being totally honest with you, due to scheduling. Uh, <sighs> Scheduling conflicts Scheduling conflicts We uh, yeah. are doing a sort of double bill So we're recording this straight after Yep uh, Poor things Yeah Yorgos lan- Lanithimos that's Yeah right, Lanithimos
1: or Lanthimos I always say Lanthimos But I, I don't know
0: if that's if right If you say Lanthimos I say Lanithimos We've covered both bases Yeah exactly Yeah. funny yeah, <laughs> <yeah>, if <yeah. laughs> we were both wrong <laughs> <laughs> Yeah yeah Um <laughs> Yeah, his new film, doing very well in Mm. the award circuits, Uh, largely quite well-received, although there's a lot of criticism, certainly... About the content, yeah. yeah, ...content, and also the sort of approach to ideas of femininity and liberation and stuff, which I think we can go into. I've not
1: read anything about that, but yeah, like, let's
0: chat about that. Let's chat about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, uh, yeah, looking forward to discussing that in about five minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the meantime... uh, Look after yourselves. Yep. uh, Yourselves. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for listening and catch you in the next one. See you in the next one. Cheers. Bye.